welcome to week two of our local teaching series into the neighborhood. Uh, this week, instead of me doing the whole re-record at home thing, um, we wanted to play you the audio from our teaching time yesterday. And uh, you can see my dog in the background just chilling on the couch there. And because there's some stuff that happened in it that I can't really repeat. Uh, replicate in this way. First of all, we had an interview with uh, Reverend Paul Dillman, who's the pastor at uh, Riverside United. And so when the audio um, comes in, it's right at the beginning of that conversation. And uh, Paul's sharing a little bit about the history of Riverside United. And so you'll hear a conversation that he and I have that helped orient us uh, into the space that where we're actually meeting our, uh, as a community on Sundays. And then, uh, and then at the end, um, there's a little bit of audio of um, some music that was played, and then at the very, and then after that, some prayers that were uh, given in our in our time together. We opened it up uh, for the audience to uh, to pray uh, some prayers of encouragement over our community. And um, Heather and Sarah prayed some uh, beautiful prayers, so I want to include those uh, here for you, and so that you can listen in and be encouraged by the conversations and the prayers that were shared in that time. Um, so a lot of the conversation, a lot of the teaching, is around mostly around the idea of we're asking the question of as we talked about last week if god is with us we're really kind of exploring well if god is with us where are we and where are we um as a meeting house ottawa community and so we're having a conversation with um paul dillman to sort of answer the question well where are we like physically like what what is this building that we're meeting in riverside united church helping us learn more about that and then we get into a little bit more metaphorically but but where are we as a community? Who were we? Um, who are we? And where is it we're trying to go? What kind of church do we do we want the Meeting House Ottawa to be in two years? And so the teaching unpacks that a little bit. As I say in, in the recording, um, it's not so much a sort of unpacking of scriptural themes. It's really more of a practical um, state of the union. Hey, here's where we are and here's where we want to go. And here's the type of community that we want to be. And I hope it's encouraging and exciting to you um, because when I uh, hear about the type of church that we want to be in and, and, and when I talk about it in the, in the message, these are all things that have come up from our community. These aren't you know, my ideas. These are the ideas that our leadership team and the core of our Meeting House Auto community have said, hey, these, this is what's important to us. This is where we want to go. And so this has been a process of um, intentional um, community discernment and uh, working together to kind of create this vision of where we want the Meeting House Ottawa to be uh, to be going. And so when I hear the type of church that we want to be in two years, I get really excited and I want to be a part of that church. And I hope you do too. And so I hope this, this teaching is inspiring and, um, and encouraging to you. All right, take care. Uh, the, the union talks nationally uh, didn't go, you know, things about bishops and not bishops and things like that derailed it. But here it happened. And, uh, and just actually, it was just last fall, just around, well, around this time, that the Anglican Church here ended up closing. Um, they were getting smaller and COVID didn't help them and it just was the decision they made. And so it's, uh, it's, it, it was sad because this, our identity in this building was to be two congregations and, two, uh, and partners in the building. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, anyway, that's part of the history. So. So we, uh, we grew up with the neighborhood, the, the congregation grew up, uh, there was times where we had to build, uh, our Sunday school was such that we had to add that portable building out back so that we'd have more room for Sunday schools. That's not our case now. <laughs> um, we, uh, and again, we, nothing is real, right? nothing is, is normal right now because mm -hmm. even with, with COVID we're not having a lot of kids back. And so we just started back to church uh, after Thanksgiving. So we've had six weeks now, uh, and before that, for 18 months, 19 months, we were on YouTube and then Zoom on Sundays, and so we're continuing to do that hybrid, uh, being on, uh, having this service here, uh, having a Zoom connection, and then through the Zoom connection, streaming it live to YouTube, and for this first Sunday in six, today it all worked. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Without That's too many glitches, without too many glitches that, that I have, well, I haven't heard of the glitches yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you said that the church kind of grew up with the neighborhood. Tell us a little bit about the neighborhood. We're, we're new here and would love to kind of know like what, 
What's, what's the vibe? What are the challenges of the neighborhood? What, who lives around here? Um, so Riverside Park is, the, is kind of this immediate neighborhood uh, bordered by kind of Brookfield, the river, the airport parkway, and the, four, the woods, the, up the McCarthy Woods kind of thing. But we also extend beyond that to Hunt Club. So the Hunt Club area is newer, but this, this area here, uh, again, it's that 60-year-old-ish neighborhood. And so one of the things that we've, in my time here, has experienced is the turning over of the neighborhood mm. um, in terms of there are not many original homeowners left in terms of the houses that are here. There are a few. But, um, and so there, it's a turnover, and it's a much more um, diverse uh, community. Um, I, for a number of years, did some uh, volunteer work at Brookfield High School, uh, which is the high school for the, the public high school for the area. And uh, the, the, the population at the high school uh, was from between 30 and 40% Muslim. Mm -hmm. And so that just showed kind of the, the turnover of the neighborhood and the dynamic in the community. Um, I would say right now it's a pretty interesting time in this neighborhood because, um, because of that turnover, the community association uh, has kind of rejuvenated itself and they're really eager to do some things and we try to work with them as much as we can. And there are, I think I counted it the other day, five uh, housing developments. Mm. Um, apartment buildings, condo type uh, buildings going up between here and in Brookfield Road in the next five mm. years. The first one's up on right. Brookfield and then, so it's, it's, there's gonna be a lot more people in the neighborhood and we're not sure what that's gonna mean. Yeah, for sure. Now, for your community, I know, like, I always like to read your bulletin boards and see what you have kind of going on and what you've had happening in, in the past. And so you guys are involved with lots of what I would say are, you know, really important causes, um, you know, uh, Indigenous reconciliation, LGBTQ equality, all these things. Can you tell me a little bit about the vision of Riverside United, like why those things are so important to you and, and what, yeah, and, and kind of the heart of your community? I think there's always been a kind of an outreach uh, interest in the community, um, but uh, four, three, four years ago now, there's kind of that, was there life before COVID? <laughs> You're like, was it three years, four years? Oh, it was, oh, 2000, it was, be, it was be, yeah. Before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a new BC. Um, before COVID, and um, we did a, a process, a strategic planning mission strategy process, called, we called it Mission Forward, and uh, we looked at, uh, one of the things we did was uh, we went and met with, I think it was 24 different agencies in the neighborhood and in the community, just to see what they were doing, uh, what there may be some things, and we came up with um, two or three priorities, which is one is food insecurity, one is seniors programming, and, and then the other thing we really decided was a, important was a host, being a host, offering space to host mm -hmm. things. But in terms of some of those other things, they're more, more long-standing. Um, we also, in that process, became an affirming ministry in the United Church of Canada, which means that we are um, intentional and public about the fact that we celebrate the diversity of humanity, in particular in sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, and so we welcome uh, all folks in. And so that's an important part of who we are. Often these things that we're, we get interested in um, are because somebody's interested in them. Mm. And they bring it to us and we, other people kind of, we give them the support. And probably the best example of that is we have a partnership with a congregation in Kingston, Jamaica, uh, which is because one of our members um, served and lived in Jamaica for 13 years and started a nursing home nursing program for seniors there. And then when she retired back to Ottawa, uh, wanted to keep the support of that going. And so we have, we, it's, it's evolved into all kinds of things now, but we have an annual Jamaica night, uh, which again, we haven't been able to do in person the last two years, but we've done it virtually, and we've, that's included the whole Jamaica, a lot of the Jamaican community in Ottawa have come to support that, and it's just one of those, mm -hmm. but, uh, and that's just kind of the way things tend to happen here. You know, somebody has this interest and passion, the garden, uh, 
we, the, um, I don't know if you noticed the, the eight, eight garden boxes out back, that we had that in our mission forward process, that a community garden of some sort would be a neat thing to do. Then somebody came to me and s said they wanted to do a legacy project for their father as he was dying. I said, oh, we got this garden idea, and ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> We've had three seasons of the garden. So it's kind of that matching things up. Mm -hmm. um, but it's that sense of being able to say, go for it. And, and, and other people do that as well. Jumping in with it. That's, yep. so, that's so great. I, I love uh, those gardens. And the, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is the all the produce you grow in the gardens gets donated to the food bank. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love that. Um, so, you know, we're our, the Meeting House is part of BIC Canada, uh, Be in Christ Church of Canada. Um, you're part of the United Church of Canada. Can you, so if we were talking about the distinctives of you know, the BIC, you know, we talk about things like peacemaking, you know, um, nonviolence. Uh, those would be sort of key components for us. What would you say are some of those sort of key, every denomination has their sort of distinctives, but what, tell us a little bit about the United Church and what makes you guys distinct and, and yeah. Well, it, it, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I should have brought, we just went through this, pro, uh, the National Church just went through kind of that process of putting it into words that I don't, I, I haven't got the words in my head yet. But, um, I mean, the United Church of Canada was, was formed uh, in 1925 from the Methodists and the, and the Congregationalist churches and some of the Presbyterians. Mm. And, uh, and again, it happened because there was a sense of why would we all do separate things, let's work together. Um, so over the time, we've, I think part of the distinctiveness would be being uh, a little bit in action, faith in action stuff. Uh, but always kind of that sense of leading in some of the, uh, we ordained, the first woman ordained in a church was ordained in 1936. And so there's kind of been that sense of, of uh, an inclusive uh, community. Mm. Um, it would be hard to, to um, describe uh, those identity phrases quickly because there's mm. a complexity. Um, there are, well, there were, Somewhere like, there were over 4,000 United Churches in the country. It's, it's less than that now. There was a point where we were able to say we had more franchises than Tim Hortons. <laughs> I don't think that's true anymore because one, one's closing and one's only <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> franchises. So, but yeah, no, so I, I think there's that sense of, and I think if you went to United Churches, there'd be different United Churches, there would be some things you'd see in similar, but mm. there'd also be different flavors. I call it like flavors of ice cream. Um, yeah. You know, some like we might have more interest in, in uh, kind of some of the outreach stuff. Others might have another emphasis and stuff like that. So. Yeah, every every church is unique. Yeah. So, um, last question for you, Paul, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and help us understand this church community a little bit better. Um, how can we be pre be praying for you and for Riverside United? I mean, as I said, you know, we want this to be partnership and and love so many of the things that you're involved in. So, how, how can we be praying for you guys? Well, I think it's to, that it's good to be together, and maybe we'll have you, Eric, come to our church sometime uh, to make that connection. And um, and I think I hopefully we can find some ways that we can put those those prayers and love into action together. Mm -hmm. And one of those, do you want me to say these now? Sure. Yeah, okay. One of those things is another. Again, this is another example of our kind of outreach uh, strategy. Is that there's a couple in the congregation that are very involved in Amnesty International, and so they have a every year on human rights, near Human Rights Day, which is December 10th, uh, a write-a-thon. So we gather and we write letters on behalf of prisoners of conscience uh, in various parts of the world. And so I know that Norm has extended that invitation to Eric, and so that's on December 11th. That's one of the, th so I think if we can find some ways to do some stuff together. Another project that we're, uh, that I haven't, isn't as far along in the planning as it needs to be. <laughs> is um, for years we've had a mitten tree in the entryway, uh, which was a project for Riverside United Church folks to bring mittens and hats and scarves and warm things. And we would take those to a couple of different agencies, the Wabano Center and Center 507, uh, to, um, for people that needed warm items. This year, we've kind of had the idea that let's make that more than just the United Churches project. This building is used by a variety of groups throughout the week. And so let's try to make that a people who use this building project. Mm. 
and so um, I'm hoping that, as I said, it's November 21st and December is soon. <laughs> so I'll get details out about that soon. But uh, so I, th I think, and, and just mm -hmm. su support of that, and just, the, the, I mean, I, one of the things about the United Church is we've always said we're a United Church and a uniting church. Mm. And our sense of ecumenism has moved beyond trying to become one church. But it's moved towards being that, that respect and that trying to find common ground and ways that we can work together. So I think that if we, if we pray in that spirit together, mm. that would be wonderful. I think that's great. Well, thank you so much, Paul. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. And so, yeah, if you want more, give Paul a hand. Thank you. We are really grateful to be here and love that we get to be in a space where we get to do those sorts of things together. And if you want more information about the write-a-thon on December 11th, um, there's information on the doors, and then also I'll be including it on our social media and um, our weekly emails, and stay tuned for updates about midden trees um, as we get those as well. But uh, the write-a-thon, you come, um, you just write letters, all the information will be here. You can bring your laptop and do it. Um, you can do it by hand if that's your thing. If I, I said when I was approached about it, I'm like, if I had to write it by hand, we wouldn't make any progress because nobody would be able to read what I was asking for. Um, but, you know, so if you want to type it out, you can do that. And, uh, yeah, so more information is available, but we'd love to be able to partner together with that. So we've been talking about where, we, where are we in terms of this location, but I want to take a few minutes and talk about where are we as the Meeting House Ottawa, as a church community. And so today's, my, my, my talk is going to be a little bit less of like a sermon and more of a sort of, I don't know if state of the union is right, but sort of like, you know, like here's the, here's the lay of the land. Where, where, where are we at? Um, so probably a little bit less Bible than you would normally find at a meeting house thing. I'm not, you know, going to exegete something like Bruxy would. We're just going to kind of talk about our community. And so this is a great time. If you've been with us for a long time, this is, you're going to hear some things that you're familiar with. Um, but it's a good reminder. And if you're newer to our community, this is a great time to be like, oh, okay, that's what they're about. And that's what they're trying to do. Um, so talking about this idea, let's start with, if we're going to figure out where we are, we need to think about who we are. And so at the Meeting House, um, we have, I'm going to share a few things with you, that, that these have been things that have been shared, we've talked about for years and years. Our purpose at the Meeting House is that we exist to grow loving communities of Jesus followers who live and share his irreligious message. That's why we exist, um, to grow communities of Jesus followers. This is, we are a community of Jesus followers, and the goal is not just for us to just to get together and do that, but then that we would go and share that with other people. There's this outward motion um, inherent in who we're trying to be. And so we have core values as a community. We have peace, community, simplicity, mission. Um, so, you know, nonviolence, peacemaking is a huge part of our identity um, community that we want to take the take our chairs and we want to turn them from rows into circles. We talk about that often. We want, home church is a huge part of who we are. Um, creating community. Simplicity. We don't do a lot of things as, as a church community. We, we meet on Sundays. We do home church. We're involved in compassion initiatives. And that's pretty much what we, have, what we do. We're not one of those, um, we're not, not a church that has a whole bunch of things going on. And we're also invite people to live simply as well as a reflection of that. Carlo and Allison and the music team sang that simple gospel song at the beginning. We believe in simplicity. And then mission, of course, that this is something that we are actively doing. It's not just talk that we do, but we actually live this out. And then a few years ago, we updated our vision to say that we want to be, um, that, that what we're trying to do, that our focus uh, going forward for this season, for uh, no determined period of time, is that we want to introduce spiritually curious people to the Jesus-centered life through a movement of Jesus-centered churches, that we want to... And I love that phrase, spiritually curious people, that we want to introduce spiritually curious people to uh, the Jesus-centered life. Because I think all of us in this room, if we're here, we would say, well, I'm spiritually curious. I don't know why else I would be at a church if I didn't, wasn't spiritually curious in some way. I'm, I'm curious about these things. And then, um, but I think it's such an important thing for us to think about because 
culture is changing. When the Meeting House first started, um, we were most successful because we connected with people who, uh, when they fill out those Canada surveys each year, would you know, identify as, um, they would be called duns. That means that they were a part of a church community and then they, they didn't, we didn't want to be a part of church anymore and they were, they were done with church. And those were the people that the Meeting House, with our slogan, a church for people who aren't into church, attracted was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, this is a church where, you know, it's more casual, um, there's more room for discussion and diversity of opinions and beliefs within the community, not nearly as dogmatic. Um, this is a place where I can, this is where I can belong. But demographic shifts have happened, and what we see more and more of these, day, these days is the, the group that's growing on those surveys is not duns, but nuns. People who have no religious affiliation whatsoever. They didn't grow up going to church. They didn't grow up part of any specific religious group at all. And so they would say, oh, I don't, I don't have any religious affiliation. It doesn't mean that they're not interested in spiritual things. It just means that they aren't a part of religion. And, which, very understandable. And um, we, we see that, you know, we see even that this, uh, the continued idea that, you know, um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. If, if you were to think about your friends who would identify as nuns, who they don't have a, a, a church background in any way, think about all the things, the sort of hang-ups they would have to have, that they have probably about, and preconceived notions that they have about church. And about, uh, and, you know, and so you'd say, okay, well, you know, I, if you said, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus, and they'd say, Okay, and you go to church, yeah. Okay, well, does your, you know what? What about this and what about that and all these other things? And we see we see that more and more in our culture. And so I think it's really interesting that our vision is to say, hey, those people who may not be interested in church, but we recognize that they are deeply interested in spiritual things. They are longing for, um, for 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 more. Um, they are and and because human beings always do, always do. And we see that in, you know, the, the growing interest in things like, you know, um, astrology and different ways of pe and, and people um, experimenting with all sorts of religious traditions, you know. And, and you, you're as likely to meet somebody who has like a cross necklace, like a, a, a Buddhist bracelet and like, you know, and a, and a prayer book of sort of um, things that they, they aren't even prayers, they're sort of ways to manifest things from the universe. And, you know, and those are the people that we're like, those are the people that make up our world. And we're like, hey, we would love to introduce them to the Jesus-centered life. Not to just make them part of our church and get them here on Sundays, but to introduce them because we found, for me, and hopefully for, for you, you found that as you've centered your life around Jesus, it's been helpful to you and life-giving. And we want to share that with other people. So that's who we are who we are, that's the vision we have, we think about where we want to go. And so back at the beginning of this year, we recognize that COVID is accelerating all sorts of trends. And as, as, as Paul said, we're going to look back and say, like, okay, there was a, you know, there was before COVID and there was after COVID. And so as we were thinking about who we want to be as a community in the, at Meeting House Ottawa, we were asking the question of, like, well, is now the time to really be having these conversations and to think hard about where it is that we want to go because we knew regathering was going to happen sometime in 2021. And so we said, okay, well, we don't want to make any decisions about that if we don't know where it is that we want to go in the future. And so I talked to people, key people in our community, people on our leadership team, our elders, our coordinators, and I asked them one question. I asked them the question, where, what, what, what do you want people to say about the Meeting House Ottawa in two years? If you were asking people, okay, what do you know about the Meeting House Ottawa? What kind of answers would you want them to be able to give you? And I got so much great feedback, and we, we filtered it all sorts of different ways. We put it in spreadsheets. We did it in word clouds. We did all of this. But basically, if, I, if we had to reduce it down into a couple different things, here is what the heart of our community um, says, hey, this is who we want to be. And we did this together as a community with all sorts of different viewpoints because, at, because we believe in community. And we believe that the best way forward is always to get as many voices together and to move forward together. Not just like, hey, this is what Eric wants and this is what we're going to do. It's, this is what the community has discerned as the way forward and here's where we're going to go. And so 
the first thing we wanted to do is we wanted to be a community that cares for each other. And I did a whole, I did a series on this earlier this year. Um, but these are, some of the, these are some of the things that people said. Is that, you know, we want to operate like a family that eats together, celebrates together, grieves together, shares what we have to meet each other's needs. Prioritizes fellowship and discipleship. Place where, like, home church is amazing, but I'd love to see more church-wide initiatives and events as well as time for hanging out on Sundays. Want to be a place that has connection to a physical space or spaces somewhere where we could really spread out, feel at home, and not have to rush in and out as quickly as the Cineplex. Hmm, interesting. Um, so we want to be a community that cares for each other. That, that Again, that's, we're all about community. But we, we also want to be a community that cares for others. That we move from this idea of we get people to come to our gatherings, that our gatherings are actually primarily about getting us to go to other people. This is not the be-all and end-all of what we're doing, but this is just the starting point. This is, where you, this is where you and your life stop in to refuel your tank, to keep doing the work of introducing spiritually curious people to Jesus in your own life. And so we want to be a community that has redirected the efforts and resources of its Sunday mornings uh, into our communities to enable innovative, organic, bottom-up engaging in efforts to make an impact in our community. Uh, a church that aggressively, but in a peaceful way, finds needs and innovates to meet them, pulls out all the stops to find creative solutions to community challenges, that is indispensable to our neighbors, and is known to be a community that proactively cares for the community around them. In many ways, what I've come to discover over the last few months as I've gotten to know Paul and Riverside United is that, like we, we, they're who we would like to be. They're much further ahead in the journey than we are, and they're a great model for us. We want to be a community that helps us care for ourselves. We can't care for others if we're not caring for ourselves. And so we want to be a church that takes bodies, spiritual practices, and habits and rhythms seriously, that prioritizes spiritual formation, intentionally guiding people in spiritual growth and transformation, that helps you grow. Um, uh, a community that shares more examples of real-life experiences of what it means to be a Christian in this time. It shares more testimonies locally, the stories of what's happening in our community and how people are growing. It still invites and values volunteers, but does so in a less burdensome and more sustainable way. One of the things we found is, uh, when we were in the Cineplex was that it took such a huge number of people and so many man hours to make that happen every week. Could we do that in a way where it was more sustainable for people, where people were not just coming to church because they had to do a job, but because it was a chance to be a part of community. And they could, they could serve and volunteer, but it wasn't as burdensome. We want to be a community where everyone can belong. We want to shift from um, some people having a seat at the back to offering everyone a seat at the table. If you were with us when we were at a Cineplex, uh, especially at Lansdowne, you would know that the only... Uh, wheelchair accessible seating was at the very back row at the very top of the theater. If somebody with a disability wanted to, to share with our community, um, th they couldn't get to the front. There was no accessible way to get to the front, to the stage. And we recognize that, that changing that doesn't solve all the inclusion or accessibility issues, but it, it's a way of sort of saying that that's what we want to be. Uh, so we want to fully, uh, we want to be a church that fully engages kids, where everyone can belong. Um, love Kid Max, but kids feel pretty disconnected from the rest of the church. These are all, by the way, these are all just direct quotes that people gave. Um, these aren't things that I wrote down. And, uh, and so can we include the kids more? Uh, we want to be a church that is fully accessible and wildly inclusive. I love that phrase, wildly inclusive. It feels very Jesus-y to me. Better reflects the diversity of the city in which we live is not trying to be cool at all. Good. We're comfortable with who we are. We enjoy who we are, and that gives anyone that joins in permission to be themselves, truly celebrated and welcome, just as they are. I would like us to be a church that is authentic. We want to be a church that continues to live stream after we meet in person, too. That isn't just about being physically in the room, but there's ways to engage digitally with our community as well. We want to be a community that is willing to try new things. 
Um, one of the overall meeting house ideas is that we want to move away from being one church, many expressions where we have 20 different franchises, to being one church, um, one church, many expressions, sorry, one church, many locations, to one family, many expressions. And, you know, where it's like, okay, we're all part of the meeting house, but each location in each city reflects the diversity and the unique, uniqueness of the people in that community. So we want to be less polished. We want to have more casual potlucks, more variety in what kinds of worship are led. We would welcome new efforts, even if they're newer for the person leading them. We'd welcome growth as you participate, not just growth before you participate. We want to be a church that enacts a rich variety of artistic worship experiences. Isn't afraid to try new things and lets things come and go. We want to be a community that eats together. This feedback showed up so many times that this is just a sampling of the number of, of the responses. That eats together, eats together more often, more potlucks. You can't eat together in a movie theater. So, well, I mean, you can eat popcorn, but you can't do anything else. So, uh, you know, we're like, okay, that's important. Uh, th this, this may be the core value of the Meeting House Ottawa. <laughs> Um, and then finally, we want to be a community that is Jesus-centered, that looks more like Jesus. And I think that's one that doesn't require us to make any shift, just continues to be who we are. And so, as we were thinking about it, we're like, okay, if this is who we want to be in two years, then we, we need to make decisions now that'll help us get there. And so, one of the things that was, I think you can pretty clearly see from that feedback was like, I don't think the movie theater experience is allowing us to do what it is that we want to be as a community. It, it would hinder where we want to go. There are some wonderful things about the movie theater experience. The chairs are super comfy, the screen is super big, and you can get popcorn when you're done. Like, it's wonderful. Um, but there are all sorts of other limitations. We can't do meals together. You can't really hang out afterwards. It takes a lot of setup to do. You can't turn the chairs towards one another. Um, it's not a space. You can only be there on Sunday mornings. You have to be out by like noon because then they have to start showing movies, all sorts of limitations. So we thought, okay, well maybe we can find another space. And so we started looking around and one thing led to another and we were pointing in the direction of Riverside United. And when we started looking at it, we're like, yeah, this is a space that maybe could allow us to move towards being the type of community that we feel that we want to be. We could, there's a kitchen. Eventually we can do potlucks when it's COVID safe. We can do all sorts of things here. There's, um, it's just more in line with where we want to be. And so a new space, we made that transition, but also a new season. So the fall 2021 where we are right now is, you know, this is a season of experimentation for our Sunday gatherings. If you were with the Meeting House um, before, you'll know that things look, before COVID, BC, um, that, you know, things are a little bit different now here in Ottawa. We're showing the, the teaching, uh, the Oakville teaching a little bit less. We're adding a few more elements. Our, our services are a little bit more diverse in terms of what we're trying to do. And that's, that's with intention. We're, we're experimenting with some things. Um, the content of the weekly gatherings shifts week to week. Sometimes there's musical worship, sometimes it's reflective worship. We're trying different things. Um, and, and we want to get even more um, diverse with that. And, you know, over the next few weeks, I know what we have planned, and there's going to be some really, really fun stuff in there. Um, it's going to take time to ramp up. And there's an, but we want to create, you know, <clears throat> put an emphasis on creating on, local online content as well as in person. Um, but there are certain things that will be consistent in all of our gatherings. Is, you know, that all ages, every week, there's going to be something for everybody. And so right now we're running Kid Max um, most weeks, but it's really more of a sort of every second week rhythm right now. Um, because that helps. We, our Kid Max volunteer team is a little bit smaller, and so we have enough that we can reasonably say we can run Kid Max every second week. We have enough volunteers to do that. If we said we were going to do it more than that, then we would start burning out our volunteers, and that's exactly what we're not trying to do. That's not the type of community we're trying to be. So we're going to have these more sort of like um, family um, get-togethers, and there will be family-type services. And so next week, uh, if you show up, there will not be Kid Max next week, but we're going to have a family-style service where you're going to see kids up front leading us in musical worship in a way and, and doing some other different things. And so that's exciting, and we want to be a service where you can bring your family, and it's going to be a lot of fun like we did with Halloween as well. Um, 
of course, I mean, prayer, worship, teaching are all going to happen every week in some form. It may just look a little bit different from week to week. We want to make space for local expression, for being able to have conversations with people like Paul to hear about what's happening in our neighborhood and our community. We want to make time to focus on creating a sense of community. So that's, that's, that was who we wanted to be in two years. Here's how we're starting to do that right now. And I just want to take a couple minutes to just sort of assess, well, okay, well, where are we right now in that? This is where we wanted to be. This is how we said, okay, well, coming back as we regather in fall 2021, here's the things that we're going to do. How is that, how's it working? Where are we at? Well, in Ottawa, uh, for Meeting House Ottawa, statistically right now, we have the highest percentage of every Meeting House um, parish that's regathered. We have the highest percentage of people um, attending on, on, to our in-person gatherings uh, versus um, before. Now, obviously, it's not nearly the same amount of people as we had BC before COVID, but we, a bunch of people are here, and that's, that's good news. People are engaged with what's happening here. And overall, everything's went really well. Riverside United has been really great. The space works well. KidMax is happening. There hasn't been any disasters. It's been good. Um, church has happened every, like in-person gatherings have happened every week. It's like, okay, like there hasn't, been, hasn't fallen apart at any point. So that's good. It's been a success. At the same time, the feedback I've heard, and I think this has been my experience too, is, you know, we've, a lot of people have said, like, it's really good. And yet, it's not meeting all the things that I was longing for in the way that I kind of hoped it would. And you know what? As I thought about that, I'm like, that's actually kind of good. Because if we're, as Jesus followers, if we're looking for one hour or 75 minutes on a Sunday to meet all the needs of all the things that we're longing for, then we're, then we're not focused on community. We're focused on a program. We want to be about community. So it needs to be more than that. And so I hope that these times are engaging and they're helpful. But they aren't the, I mean, with all the things that everybody's carrying these days, I don't think it's even possible for an hour on a Sunday to, to meet all those needs. But we, under, we, we feel that the tension of, oh, it's good, and I'm glad to see people, but it's not everything I hoped it would be. And so, you know, what, what other things do we see in this moment? We see, you know, um, for volunteers, we see that um, we have, it's worked out in a way that we thought it would, you know, that we need less volunteers doing less work. Um, there are still some teams that need more volunteers to do a little bit more work because we're putting too much pressure on a few people. And so if you'd love to get involved, there's ways to do that. Um, but some other things. So one of the things we've noticed when we come back is that, um, you know, as I said, there's less people here than there would have been, you know, most Sundays we would have been 200 people when we get together on a Sunday. You know, so we're running probably about 40% of that most weeks. Um, but you know what? For the people in the room, we also have a whole bunch of people who are engaging with us in different ways than they ever engaged with us before. Um, so people, people in Ottawa watching the live stream Last week, I did local teaching here, and then I re-recorded it afterwards and put it up online. And you know what? More people watched and engaged with the teaching online than, than were in the room last week. It's double the amount. And so people are engaging with our community in different ways. It's a different season. We recognize that there are some people, like there's, there's some grief in that there are some people who have left our community over the past two years, and we didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And we're like, are they coming back? Or are they not? And they're like, oh, we're gone. And it's like, oh, that, that's hard. At the same time, we also recognize the tension that there have been a bunch of new people who have joined our community over the last two years, or even in the past few weeks, who are still like, I don't even know who anybody is, because when I show up, they all just wear masks, and I don't know if I fit here yet, and it's just like, ah. And so we have both sides. It's like, okay, well, you know, we can think about, okay, well, all the people that I'm missing, but what about all the people who are here that I haven't got to know yet? You know, so we have all sorts of mixed, mixed feelings about a whole bunch of things. I don't think we have mixed feelings about not singing. It sucks. Like, that's just a fact. But we've been as cautious as we felt has been right to us all the way along. 
Um, many families, um, because kids haven't been vaccinated yet, have been keeping their kids at home, but at the same time, we're actually seeing really strong engagement with KidMax and with youth. Um, I think there's like there's a ton of kids in junior high today. There's a ton of kids in KidMax. There's 17 families who signed up to be a part of our virtual Christmas pageant that we're filming. It's, it's, there's so much more. This is just the tip of the iceberg of what's happening in our community. I think that's what we need to recognize is that, again, Sunday gatherings are not everything. They're actually just the tip of the iceberg. And we actually want to lean into that, that like the future is not all the things that we talked about of like where who, what type of church we want to be in two years. A bunch of those things are actually like, oh, like, you know, eating together. We're actually going to eat together. The hope, the goal is that we'll just like have services where we just eat together. Like, that's the goal. But you can also just eat together. Like, that doesn't have to happen on a Sunday. Like, you know, I mean, those are, those are things. And you can have connection, and we can care for each other, and we can, we can care for others, um, and you don't have to be here on a Sunday to do that. And so I, I just want us to be open-minded as we think about this, as we think about where are we going to go, what kind of church we want to be, and what the future of the Meeting House Auto is. It's like, oh, okay, like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And when I think about it, I think, you know, the question I asked everybody was, okay, well, where do, you, where do we want to be in two years? And it's like, okay, well, right now, this is week eight of a two-year process. And I'm like, there's some really cool stuff happening. I look around, and I see people in this room who literally joined in the past, like, four or five weeks. And I'm like, this is so awesome. And I see people starting to come back, and I hear, and, and, and my kids get out of junior high, and they come, and they tell me, and they're like, we had all these conversations about all these things about Jesus and all this different stuff, and we argued about all this, and it was awesome. It could have been a podcast. And I'm like, that's so cool. There's so much good stuff happening. And so I guess I don't, as Allison and the, Carl and the music team come, I, 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 I don't want to make an equivalence between us and, you know, and the experience of COVID and um, slavery in any way. But I mean, I think if, if it's like, where are we right now? I think you can make the comparison to, you know, the Israelites when they were in the wilderness between Egypt and the promised land. We aren't where we were, but we're not yet ex- fully where we want to be. But we've got time to get there. But we have an opportunity in front of us, I think. I hope that when I listed those things about who we want to be in two years, I hope that that felt compelling to you. I hope that felt, like, exciting. I hope you said, yeah, that's the type of church that I would love to be a part of. I want to be, a, I want, I want to be invested in a church like that. If you do, then this is the community for you because that's who we're trying to become. We're going to do it imperfectly. We're not always going to make it happen. We're just figuring out how to get there. Everything's going to be an experiment, but we want you to experiment with us. We want you to join in. And because it's not going to be possible to do that, Unless we all do it together. We all do it together. We want to make that next step. And, and so if we feel like that God is calling us into a new neighborhood, into a new season, into a new, being a new place of being a church, where we want to be in two years. And so the invitation is for us to take that step. And this, I think, is a moment for us to do that. I think about the story of the Israelites in the wilderness and there was a moment where they could have taken that step into the next thing God had called them to do, but they decided it was too difficult, too uncomfortable, and they missed their moment. And so then it was the next generation. And I think we have, with all the things that are changing in culture and all the things that are happening, I think we have a real opportunity in this moment to become a church that will connect with spiritually curious people in a meaningful way. Not because... that we get them to this awesome Sunday gathering, but because this gathering helped us be people that lives Jesus in our lives, that when they say, hey, I'm spiritually curious, my friend so-and-so, they're, into, they're part of a Jesus community, and I'd like to know what they've got going on. That seems helpful. I, I'm going to talk to them about that. And so here's how we're going to close our time together today. I'm a little bit... Uh, I come from a Pentecostal background, so we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to be a little risky here. So Alice, so the team's going to lead us in a song for a moment of reflection. I want you to think about the teaching. I want you to think about that future of where we want to be as a church. And I want you to ask yourself and ask God, <clears throat> excuse me, what sort of gifts have you given me, God, that I could use in this community to help 
be, help us be the type of church we want to be in two years. What, 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 how can I get involved in making that happen? Is it to pray? Is it to give? Is it to get, what are the things, I love what Paul said, that, you know, people just coming to him and saying, like, I would love to see this thing make this happen, and we would love to be able to say, yes, let's rather, let's rally around that and help you make that thing happen. What is on your heart that lines up with that vision of the type of community we want to be, that cares for others, that cares for each other, that cares for ourselves, that does all those things? So I want you to think about that, and then, after the song's done, I'm just going to open it up, and I'm going to invite two or three people um, to just feel empowered to go ahead and pray a prayer of encouragement for our community. And so that could go entirely off the rails. It could, you know, whatever. I'm just going to kind of trust that, like, our, you guys get it, and that you have an opportunity to pray encouragement. And you can come up and use one of the mics, or you can just pray from your seat. But we're just going to invite you to do that. But so think about if there's something that God's laying in your heart, a, a prayer of encouragement for community. But let's, let's reflect on this now. So the way we're going to do this is if you would like to pray for our community, just raise your hand and I can invite you up or we can do that. But I'm just going to open it up if you have something you'd like to pray for our community in this moment. I just sort of feel like Jesus is saying that, you know, you might feel like you're in the in-between area, but he's saying, I'm deeply alive and active among you. And I just see him planting like all these seeds in our community. Like there's things, there's so many things beginning, so many things starting. And I just feel his joy in thinking about the future and all the wonderful things that are gonna be happening um, that are just starting out now, but they're gonna be blossoming into something really wonderful in the future. So I just wanna pray like, God, we, we choose hope today and we choose to join you in that joy and happiness and just having that hope that you're doing wonderful things among us, even though things might still feel a, a little, I guess a little darker, yeah, look at what you were saying, a little in between. We might not feel like we're that secure right now just because of what's been happening, but we just choose joy and we choose hope and we thank you for what you're doing and we believe you, God, we agree with you that you're doing wonderful things and you're bringing wonderful things. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Sarah. Anybody else? God, I just, I lift up this community to you and I pray that the safety that I found here would be extended to new people coming in. That people would be able to come with their different cultures, that they would be able to come with their different abilities, their genders, their sexualities, that we would welcome and love everyone for who they are. God, and I see you doing that, and I pray for more of it. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Heather. step of the way, we would look back and know that you have been steadfast and you have been with us all along the journey so far and that we can trust that you will continue to lead us in the journey as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know, I know, we're, I know we're like pretty white and we're not Pentecostal. Can we like amen just on that one? Amen? amen. All right. Okay, good. Awesome.